and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. The Dream Team is back, plus Ben and Marcel. Uh, we are, we are uh, going to discuss what was a, a really cool, I was going to say weekend, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday's set of races. But obviously we've got to start with the biggest news of all, uh, that Marcel's hung over on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's just regular programming. It's tough, tough life, actually. It is tough, isn't it? Life, I mean, yeah. it's a Sunday evening. You should be tucked up in bed, getting ready for work on Monday. Yeah, because you literally like, oh, let's have a podcast on Sunday at eight o'clock. Like, come on. Oh, well, it was Ben that said it was late. It's not my fault. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, anyway, um, we have to start with uh, Michaela Schifrin, don't we? Uh, what, uh, what more can you say? The, the woman has been absolutely on fire this season. Just a ridiculous amount of consistency. 86 wins on the Friday, 87 wins on the Saturday, uh, and surely easily hit 90 if she skis well. Nobody else seems to be skiing well on the women's tour the last couple of days. They've sort of taken the, taken the weekend off, let Schifrin really sort of bask in the glory, haven't they? And she could easily hit 90 at the end of the uh, World Cup finals. But day one was the giant slalom over in RA. Schifrin took her 86 to match Stenmark's record. Brianoni was second, point six four behind. Hector on the podium again, which I think was uh, really important for her, especially on home snow. Uh, in third, 0.92 off. Vlahova was point, 1.42 back. Uh, uh, what do you guys make of it? Ben, why don't you kick us off, mate? Yeah, it's not often you'd expect fourth to be that far back in, in a GS in in uh, RA, but again, Schifrin's just on another on another level right now. Her ski in the last, well, season has been incredible. We talked quite a lot in the off-season saying her GS wasn't really there last year. And how is she going to come back this year with kind of renewed kind of intensity and focus? And her GS this year, I think they said something like she's had like six wins or something this season in, in GS alone, which is which is absolutely ridiculous when you think of how like, some of the conditions we've had to race in on the tour. Um, so, yeah, absolutely incredible from Schifrin yet again in, in that GS. I was, I was hoping we might see a little bit more from um, Grenier, the... the um, way she skied this year but there's just too too many mistakes in there from her but I think the only person he said most people appear off form at the moment but the only person really on form other than Schifrin is is Brignoni keeping up her really good run of results couldn't really get close enough but still doing what she needs to do to get on that podium and, and attempt to put the pressure on uh, yeah I think attempt to put the pressure on was about right yeah Grenier I was actually I'm sure her coaches are more annoyed. I was actually a bit disappointed because her speed has been looked great, especially the first run and most of the second run, but just tactically didn't get it right. And that was a different Schifrin's run. There were a couple of difficult sections in that GS, but Schifrin, you know, that it's that mentality that she's got. She is super smart, obviously, with how she skis. It's been really consistent all season in that realm, as well as just the raw speed. You know, she went out the gate, she charged really hard. Then there was that breakover and she just took a little bit of a drift going into it to make sure she didn't mess up on the exit. Then a couple of really cool turns. And then there was that breakover where you saw four or five women nearly go inside. I think it was a right-footed turn, about four or five gates from home. And Schifrin just, again, a little bit of a feather going in, controlled the speed, committed to the outside ski and, and just skied smart for two turns not that she needed to because she could have made mistakes and still win with that sort of margin but do you know what I mean she she absolutely did what Schifrin does best and just looks like she is really really at one with everything that's going on uh, Marcel mate what what about you what do you think about that not just I totally agree <laughs> <laughs> but you agree though right no well I do agree it's getting a bit boring to be fair about um what do you agree or no, that I actually agree. Yeah, that is getting boring as well. I do disagree with you. Everything you no, just you said. No, you don't. No, you don't. Bollocks. <laughs> that's no, that's going to make a t-shirt. That's the last. <laughs> that's the t-shirt I want. No, seriously. I think you know, like it's it's just it's very easy for her at the moment. I think I think you're quite right. The other ones they just clocked off, I guess. Um, or she's just so much better. But it's it's crazy how how solid her technique is this year compared to like last couple of years where she were like. Where he was struggling a bit, and I mean, I I like to you know dive into into the stats and stuff on on the FIS homepage, and it's actually if you think about it, she has more than two thousand points now. 
and I think her best was two thousand two hundred. So that that could easily be something that can she can. Yeah, achieve. that's that's the other story. You know, obviously we we but, love, love stories, but she's chasing down Matzo's total, isn't she? For the yeah, record. but she won't she won't be getting that. That's two thousand four hundred. Like she would have to win every single race. No, she would have to win three races and be second. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, if she does all 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 four events at World Cup finals. Well, I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does, but <laughs> I don't think she. I don't think she will win all of them. I don't think in, in down. Actually, in downhill and giants in Super G, she's still great this year. But she, you know, she she still picks the races where she's where she's doing them. Like she didn't do all of them, which is probably quite wise, I guess. I mean, she's seven and six in the standings, but I think I don't think she will win there. Gocha is just too good in downhill, and in Super G, it's like you know there are lots of people who will risk a lot because that's the only globe that's basically for, up for grabs for a lot of people so i think that will be that will be tricky to win quite frankly and that's my humble opinion nicely put nice and humble marcel well done i know well, one one thing that was quite good to see marcel that we haven't seen for a, a really long time was uh, was Bruna getting a, a top 10 she has had all kinds of problems the last couple of years with just kind of getting fit and getting the confidence. Like when she did her second run, it looked like she didn't actually think the times were right. And I think there was a few issues with the with the clock this weekend. Certainly they were saying on Eurosport that there was lots of glitches, certainly in what was coming through on the TV screens. Obviously, the official timing is is invariably right but she almost looked like she didn't believe that she'd done that well when she crossed all, the line and took the lead on the second all a rig game this all a rig game i tell you Mate, absolutely <laughs> true uh what about, it was uh francisca gritch rigged all right you meet social media guys should we know she wasn't don't bombard us with the fact that it was or wasn't rigged no but you know who was you know rich was, really was un- no sorry quickly gritch unbelievable mate i like the way that she is now looking like she's third wasn't she she was third after the first round then dnf sure but yeah no as in like wasn't she third after the until she crashed as well uh she was yeah she was going well she was going really well good for her you know who is is nice to see that alice robinson is in in the top 10 as well um i think she's getting a bit form back i mean it's crazy how young she still is so it's like it's not really you know it shouldn't bother anyone but I think it's it's good to to see that she's coming back. I like her style of skiing. Also, like Bruno's style of skiing. I think she's a very good skier. Like uh, she has a nice, solid technique. And I think out of the Austrians, she probably is the best skier. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Bar. Well, technically, uh, yes, technically. I mean, I guess um, Lienzberger is pretty good usually as well. But not, no, any- not anymore. I don't know no, if she was it- ever t- like. Re- I mean. She's, not, she's a nice skier, though. She's not a bad skier. No, 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 absolutely not a bad skier. But I don't know. I do think you're right, though, with Bruno. I really like the way that she skis. I think actually, Scheib, Scheib, Scheib is a pretty good skier as well. Um, so Bruno and Scheib probably are the best. Also, did you guys did you guys um listen to the the announcement of the Austrian ski team? No, no. Which one? Which one? Like, oh, this is straight off. Like no the, one knows the, about this. The speed, um, the speed event. So. That Tipler is pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, I yes. did hear that. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's good for her. <laughs> good for her. We could have, like, you know, with with finals coming right up, you know, if you're doing good planning, you'd, you'd may, maybe wait a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. But, but uh, you know, no, good for her. You know, she's actually, she actually been skiing quite well early season, wasn't she? But so. is she, is she going to, is she going to, like, retire? What is she going to do? Do you know that? No, no idea. Yeah, I was hoping that our, our Austrian podcast member might be able to shed some light on. Oh, who's that, that guy? That must be idiot. I don't know. He, he just agrees with everything we say. Anyway, God knows what he's got, what he brings to the party. Maybe, no, maybe. I, that I, I actually, I, I don't know. I think she has said she hasn't made a decision. But I mean, she's thirty-one, just pregnant. I don't think there's much point of you know, keep going. Yeah, I, I, I obviously. I mean, they they said that. I mean, she could have gone to the World Cup final, but only in downhill. She's twenty fifth and twenty sixth, so I'm not sure you want to necessarily. But you know, not that we would ever dream of of making a call on it. But she probably would feel unsafe now that she knows that, assuming that she didn't know that she was pregnant before when she was racing. So yeah, that, downhill whilst pregnant is is probably. I risky. don't think that's if she wanted to do it, whatever, but risky to do it. Um, that's a nice bit of good news to the Austrian team, isn't it? That's good news. The first good news. First they good news. Not, <laughs> they were, they were what was really the highlight happy. of the season? Well, Tipler got pregnant. So. <laughs> <laughs> did also have like a, a clean sweep of a podium as well. Uh, no, didn't look like it was coming. That's yeah. not the best news. Okay, fair enough. Um, but uh, what do we make of 
Gogia rolling up and doing some GS. I know it didn't didn't work for her and she didn't didn't make the second run, but well, that's probably a good idea for her. So she's she's like one less chance to get injured. There's not a no, huge definitely. amount to play for for her though in in the overall. She's you know she's down in no, in fifth think, or sixth I think and a fair think, way off third. If she even she if she can. won the last even if she won the super G and downhill, it'd still require Cooper Army to ski out of everything basically for her to get third in the overall. So it was it just seemed a bit of a strange one. I, I'm happy she did no, it. No, but seriously, I think she needs to do more GS because I think when she was doing a lot more GS, she had a lot less crashes as well in downhill. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that, that's and a fair point, Marcel, because we talk about it, don't we, how GS is sort of base discipline and all that. Base for everything. So um, maybe that's something that, maybe that's something she keep kept keeping her eye on. We've seen it a bit as well on the men's side. Maybe we'll talk about that later, but, you know, with the likes of uh, Clement Noel raced, uh, as well as Vinatza's different, Vinatza, well, Clement Noel sort of, you know, guy going down last, sort of chucking his hat in the ring on the odd occasion, but Vinatz has started more and more GSs and, and is making active play to do more disciplines. I think sometimes, you know, you've only got two two sort of weekends or 10 days left of the season. So maybe it's a case of, do you know what? I've got nothing to lose here. What's wrong with going out, having a try? I've got 500 points, which I need to start 31 in uh, in a World Cup. Keep race sharp and, and stay on the road. She's had a time off, didn't she? She went down to didn't she go to like Abu Dhabi or, or or something in the Middle East? Didn't she for um for a bit of downtime earlier on in the season? So maybe she feels like ready. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll move off the GS unless you guys got anything else to add. But just quickly, I say we'll move on. I, I do have something to add. I think right, I think or is, a, or is a beautiful race. I, I'm really happy that they they race there. Don't you think? I think it's it's such a nice GS race. Not the hills, so sure about the, I'm there actually. The, the place is beautiful, isn't it? Uh, just the oh, setting. The setting is beautiful. Also nice. Beautiful. It's a nice racetrack. It's like you know, it has everything that you kind of wish for. It's like a bit of a steep on the top, and then you know, it's it's not it's not very steep in the middle, but it's like a lot of big rollers. And I think isn't it quite short though? I'm just checking the. T- I just wanted to go back and check the times. That was my only query. I think it was quite short. Yeah, but that's um, because it's so lightning quick, you know. That's this, not maybe not, maybe that's not maybe that's no, not it's, our it's fault. 50, that's 55 seconds is not very that's actually not very long i agree but um you know maybe it's like you say Martin, maybe they're just really good it's nothing to do with ra being short it's just they're skiing too fast maybe costelich should have set one course they would have been like one minute well i think i think we're about to unleash ben on course setting when we get to the slalom so we'll wind him up and you can you can push him off the edge in a second <laughs> uh but just quickly before we move off the gs as well uh, World Cup finals obviously around the corner. We'll touch again later on in the men's side of things. There weren't too many big names on the women's side of things missing out on either the slalom finals or the GS finals, apart from I think the biggest name to miss out in the GS is no Michelle Gissin at World Cup finals. Uh, oh, str- this year, didn't she? Still struggling on those Salomons. We'll talk about it with Fev a bit later on. Uh, definitely not getting those Salomons working the way that they want them. But uh draw back to the drawing board do you see again i'm going to ask you both this a bit later on so maybe have a little think to see what you think if it's any different for for uh fair for later on but do you do you see that her being able to switch marcel you you've probably got the the best knowledge in terms of uh what contract deals are likely to look like on terms of skis is she would you think she's going to be able to u-turn out of that one do you think that it's something that she can get to grips with because she's the thing is like i don't i don't think and there's always a way, you know. I mean, obviously, contract have to be, you know, you have to honor them. But I guess if it's not positive for either side, like it doesn't look good for Solomon, it doesn't look good for her. You know, if she wanted to switch, I'm sure they would find like somewhat a compromise because what's the point of having someone who doesn't really, you know, doesn't doesn't do any for your marketing as Solomon, and for her, obviously, her career is not helpful either. So I guess if she wanted to, I'm sure there would be a, a possibility to do that. Well, yeah, so that's a big name to miss. So so that's uh, obviously a bit crap for her. Uh, and I'm sure she will be looking forward to the end of this season because I think it's been a torrid time. Uh, and she will be looking forward to a bit of downtime and uh, refocus, reschedule, whichever way that is, with Salomon or without Salomon. But we move on to the second race of the women's. It was the slalom, the Saturday morning slalom, where Michaela Schifrin... 87 World Cup victories. Now one clear of Stenmark and well on her way to triple figures. I think that's um, 
that's obviously going to be the next target, although she doesn't like to talk about targets, but we spent a lot of time talking about targets, uh, and that is something that we will be talking about for a long time yet to come. But she absolutely smashed that slalom, looked absolutely unstoppable. We thought she looked unstoppable in GS. That slalom, she absolutely demolished everybody. Uh, Wendy Holdner, second, 0.92 behind. Sven Larsen putting another Swede on the podium, 0.95 back. Paula Maltzan narrowly missing out on a podium. That was a bit of a shame for her. Uh, and then a big star of the Swedish team, of uh, next year, probably, and if not next year, certainly the future, uh, Aronson Elfman, fourth after the first run, third at the last split before she DNF'd. She is a huge talent, uh, but a bit like Grich and the GS couldn't put it through to the finish. Uh, ben, do you want to go first? Do we need to duck and cover whilst you unleash on the course setters? No, not, not massively so. I just thought it was too straight. I just thought it was like, not... Obviously, the skiing that Schifrin and Co do is 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 incredible, but there wasn't really much there. Like the, there are a few sections of turns, but really, it looked too straight for a World Cup race. I know you have to be able to do different types of skiing on different types of snow throughout the tour. It can't always be a really challenging course, and we've had some uh, examples this year where you know we have had particularly difficult courses, and people have complained about course setting and bits and pieces. But it just it just felt a little bit too straight and it really favours the people who are willing to, to, risk, to, 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 to risk and go full on every turn really and really back themselves. One, have the ability to and then to, and, and two, to really commit to it. And obviously Schifrin's never going to be far away from that. And I can't remember if it was last season or the season before. Um, I think it was last season when Vlahova was going for um, the the overall. She had two monumental mistakes. Was it Are? Yeah. Where yeah. where she where she could have fallen over and she just needed like twenty points. Yeah, I think she, she had in the second run by like a couple of tenths or something, and, and then she, smashed it. Both runs she was flying, and both runs again she made absolutely massive mistakes. But it did like those kind of um, th- those kind of courses suit those women who can charge like that. And obviously Schifrin, Holdner, Sven Larsen, those, those are the names you expect to come out on top in those conditions. But um, unfortunately for the people who don't have confidence in their skiing, namely the, you know, a, a fair chunk of the Austrian team at the moment, it's just, it's just painful. Like Linsberger, a former slalom world champion was three and a half seconds off. Insane. On, on what's, you know, like we've just talked about, you know, Ari is a really nice, it's a beautiful hill. It's not the steepest. It's not easy by any means either, but it's not, you know, it's not that difficult. And she just looked like she had no start to her turn. Um, And that's, you know, really worrying when you're watching everyone else take the most direct line and roll up their skis. Like, yeah, I think you were commentating on some of the men's heads, like really trust in the process. There were people drifting. And I was just like, well, you you know, if it's that straight a course, you're definitely not going to be able to get away with it. Uh, Marcel, we we were talking uh, about core setting, as Ben was saying, um, but we, I think it's a it's a real shame, Ben, because I think you're right. I don't think it was a terribly testing couple of courses, especially in the slalom side of things. We've seen maybe more obviously on the men's side of things. Again, we'll talk, we'll move on to that a bit later on when we talk about the GSs from uh, Kranska Gora. But the way the coaches set differently for all their athletes in terms of what you know, I, I do feel, we, I think we talked about this on the pod last time, and I certainly talked about it on Eurosport over the weekend. I feel like Kostelic was probably, maybe that's because of my age, and I'm sure a couple of people that have been around ski racing longer than I have uh, will tell me it was happening way before. But Andy Kostelic really started doing crazy stuff and really setting towards his athletes. Uh, and then it sort of disappeared. And I kind of, I do feel like Tristan Glass-Davis, Dave's coach, sort of brought that a little bit back and brought it back to the sort of forefront of people's thinking with those crazy offsets that we saw uh, last couple of seasons from him to suit Dave. And then and now it feels like the coaches are being a little bit more uh, proactive with how they set for their athletes, but it doesn't feel like that was necessarily what happened on the women's side. The course setter of the first run with the Slovenian, so in theory setting for Bucic, uh, and then on the second run was the Slovakians obviously setting for, uh, for, for Vlahova. But um, you, you, I think you've got to set towards your athletes' uh, Positive, well, but also set well, when, when Michaela Schiffen's like that, I mean, 
well, can't set something that she's not going to be able to you do. Can either, you can either set towards your athletes or you can set against other athletes. Maybe they think, you know, she's not good in straight, in straight courses. So they're like, oh, we're just going to have a straight course. So we kind of take her out. Maybe that's the thinking. Yeah, yeah. But do you think, I mean, have they seen Mikhail Shifrinsky? Because <laughs> like, Ben, Ben's saying, you know, when it's when it's straight, it's all about confidence, isn't it? It's all about risking and yeah. being. And when you're standing planted on a ski, like Mikhail Shifrinsky stands planted on a ski like nobody else, setting well, straight well, plays into whatever time. whatever they had in mind. It didn't work. But I think I do, I do agree. But the problem is, you know, if you set a course for your athlete you then have to train that quite a few times as well, you know, to make them aware of the setting. But then, you know, what's the point of training one specific thing when you maybe set one course a year, like you're going to be good in one, on True. one setting. So I think it's quite hard to, you know, I mean, you can try and, you know, suit the style of your races, but then for example, as an Austrian, I mean, you have five races or as an Italian or whatever, or as a Swiss coach, like you have like six races in the top 30 Obviously, you would set it for Odema, but if they would all be on the same level, fairly similar at least, you know, you you couldn't, you know, not everyone has the same strength. So who do, who would you set for? So I think it's a bit like for Dave, for example, that's fair. Like I think you know he's the well, okay, sorry, Billy Major and 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 Laurie Taylor. Yeah, but you're, your Brits are setting for Dave. Like you know, yeah, they, they're they setting are. for Dave. Yeah. But but that's I think that that works. But in, I think in slalom it's a bit different. I guess I don't know. I have to think and, about that. I have to think about the core setting. Maybe yeah, I should I think, do that in our roundup. So you're gonna you're and, gonna dwell on that, okay? Yeah, gonna have some deep deep thoughts about it, Marcel. Um, no, but I, it's it is it is an interesting conundrum because obviously various coaches will know what your you know what various athletes are good at, and if your athlete has a skill set that that is better than all of your rivals at a certain thing, you'll try and work it in, but. As a as a coach or said, you've got to know that if you, if you say as Marcel mentioned, if you if you start setting to hinder an opponent rather than help your athlete, it's going to come back round and bite you another time because everyone knows what everyone else is good and bad at. So yeah. if you start setting courses to try and you know upset or or put another uh, racer off their game, it's going to happen to your racer further down the line. So it it, it doesn't really make sense to to kind of set negatively um but I, ju I just thought this weekend it didn't and it just didn't go on Martin. no i think they should actually i come out now i have an idea i think you go Martin, as part of as part of the overhaul of this they should hire potentially a group of professional course setters i.e podcasters e. the podcasters can you imagine that would be so much fun just traveling around the world setting courses just, as, just it, trying to keep it as uh independent as possible yeah you can keep like i, I mean i don't give a who wins really um so i could set a happy course for everyone or I could would set you, <laughs> before each week, it would depend on depend on who I'd picked in the predictions that week, and yeah. <laughs> putting smiley faces and love hearts on there to make sure everybody's happy in their core setting. No, but I think that would be a good idea actually. That because downhill is already they're, they're doing well. The downhill's always the same anyway. But I think that would be that would be something to think about because you know no one can complain. Like it's the fist setting a course. It, oh, you know, people love love to complain. <laughs> yeah, but like at least they at least they can't complain under it. Like you know, all the Austrians are like always setting this and blah blah blah. And Christofferson, you know what? He can complain about the course, and then he gets a fine because the fist is setting. So boom, that's it. Something about a fine. You know, um, I think I talked. I did talk about it last week about um about oh the German Sander how he said. Uh, Fu directly to camera at the bottom of um, at the bottom of the race in Aspen, That's and it was like, do you know, he got no fine, no, nothing. Yeah, but that's that's fine. I mean, a bit of emotion, a bit of bit of like throwing the. Uh, I don't mind a bit of emotion. I don't mind like you know somebody getting fired up in terms of you know DNFing no, or whatever. But nice, turn but around and and f you to the camera. You know, doing that to the camera is very. That's very direct. A, a, opposed to you know unleashing you know whatever a torrent of abuse at himself but to turn around i just did, i didn't like it i don't like no, it's it it's about kit you know sport is about entertainment and it's supposed to be inspiring no, it's, i agree it's, it's not it's not good when the kids are watching it and they you know 
I mean, it's, it's not. It's a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. So I, I get, I get, the, I get the emotion. I, I get it. You know, I'm sure I have done it as well, but not in like. I mean, you've day. definitely done it. I mean, listen to your mouth and you're on this, let alone when you're ski racing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I think I, I agree with you. It shouldn't be. I, he should be fine. Like, just give him like a couple of hundred quid fine. It's not going to hurt him. Is it? He came second anyway. Give him like ten percent of his ten percent. Oh my god! Can you of his win that? of his win bonus? You wouldn't do it again, though, would you? Hmm. hmm? Hey, no. never do you that know, again. Like, how many? I would actually want. So when who straddled? I think who? Oh, that was AJ Guinness. Do you think he got fine as well? No, I don't think so. I, I don't. I think because it was so grey in terms. And because of, it wasn't because he lost the win, so they were like, oh, maybe yeah, we'll take away a win. <laughs> don't worry, you won't get fined. <laughs> no, I, know, I don't it's like, think. Oh, you take win away, but um, also please transfer a thousand Swiss francs into our. Yeah, we'll give you the win, but you've got to pay the straddle fine though. Yeah. <laughs> and it's costing you 20 grand this time <laughs> in a brown envelope under my door <laughs> um no, no no i don't think he did which i think was was right i think you know when it's obvious an obvious straddle you keep going or something that you should know i mean better. it was quite obvious in the end yeah yeah but well yeah you missed that pod anyway you, you've foregone your right to talk about that mate you're out Muted. <laughs> uh, on to on to the men. Unless you've got anything to add for the. Are women. we done already? No, I thought we were going to talk about the eighty-seven wins for a bit longer. Well, you can. Yeah, I'll go. Wax lyrical. No, I think it's, it's a great achievement. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, who would have thought that you could do that in modern day skiing? The I mean, you could do that in modern day skiing because there's quite a few more World Cups than there were back in the day. But uh, just an unbelievable amount of consistency. I do, I do. I actually, I mean, it's it's amazing. But I'm really, I'm always really pissed off because when you read through the stats, um, Stenmark only won the World Cup, the overall World Cup three times, which is such a shame because there was like the points is right. So only two or three, I think three or four races counted for the overall World Cup. So you know, they they had like You're giving us wrestling. a history lesson here, mate. You carry on. No, they had like results. So like, let's say you have 10 races. I, I don't know the exact number, so don't quote me on it. But so you had like 10 races and five of them only counted. So the best five results would have made up, you know, your standings in the yeah. giant slalom and in the overall. That's why he only won it three times. Otherwise, he won eight slaloms and eight JSs in a row. Titled. Mm, that's pretty, it is pretty immense. I think he's still got more, he's still got more podiums than Schifrin. He's I mean, got he like two hundred podiums. Yeah, he's got more. He's got more podiums than her, so that's another record that Schifrin can tick off, and she will tick off. So she's got to beat him on that. Uh, I think it took her more starts to get the victories, that many victories, than it did for Stenmark as well. Because Nick, Nick Fellows and I were looking through some stats uh, before the race in Kranzgora today, because I was just really interested to see. Because obviously back in the day they didn't race quite as often, so I was just interested to see how it played out. But. Uh, Triple figures, an absolute no-brainer, surely. What has she won this year? 13 World Cups so far this yes. year, I think it is. Um, I think she won 13 this year, and actually her, she won 17 in one year. Yeah, yeah, it's not her record year for World Cup victories, which is mental, because no, it seems like she's won everything. I mean, she won, she won, um, she has had more than 10 wins in four seasons, which is pretty incredible. Like having more than 10 wins a year, that is amazing. 16 podium. It was a really nice sort of home of her first win. Gets this, you know, gets the record here ten years later. All that. I just think it. I mean, Maybe stars it aligned. Like... The stars aligned, didn't they? It's just a shame that we didn't get Stem up there, or if he was there, uh, he wasn't sort of involved. You know, although actually. You know, Fizz tried to make it as fluffy as they like, so maybe it was good that he wasn't there because it would just been even more of a a love fest. I'd be I'd be intrigued to know if he had any kind of say in that because it would be interesting to see if he was just like you know what no, it's, her, it's her moment I I I don't want to try and be kind of not necessarily upstaging her but being kind of like let her it's just crowd in the moment yeah let let her have it I mean I know he they, he's been in the the press and he's been asked a lot of questions recently and he's basically said you know she deserves it she's she's an incredible scheme racer and I don't I think that's the only only opinion you can have on 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 Schifrin. but it. It is a bit annoying in some of these things when when it does get kind of overhyped by the organisers and it just it gets made you know about the person whose record you're surpassing rather than your own achievements and I I, I like that it was just her there by herself you know to, like and obviously with her team and her, and her family and stuff taking those those plaudits because she completely deserves them because you know basically 
since 2012 she's been dominating ski racing yeah that consistency is just it's nuts yeah i think you're probably right ben do you know what i, I do i agree with you that's it i agree you, you you said it right i'm on on that trail um Marcel, are you happy with that do you want to add anything no i think i've said enough today yeah no no t-shirt pluggings for you at this juncture no i'm not, no 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 i'm just you know that will come anyway that's no problem i mean not we don't need to talk about it all the time because i know you're getting a bit frustrated about it he just wants know. to start seeing the profit from Marcel. That's the, that's the that's the problem. We're, we're not seeing mean. like we're not seeing the returns. I do. Yeah. I do. It does. Um, I need to apply for a bank loan before I can before I can print about five thousand t-shirts. Yeah. Well, don't don't use the one that just collapsed. So yeah, I know. Stick, stick away <laughs> from that bank. I build a startup around them. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I do. I do actually weirdly like the fact that i get bombarded from listeners uh, just sending me the latest schifrin kilder quote or the blooming even even the wife's getting in on it sorrel sent me a, a picture of fizz's latest uh, yeah, keep up keep up the good work listener send him bombard him with messages about it it's just gonna get straight forwarded onto you i'll send them your actual phone number and they can call you up <laughs> and give you t-shirt ideas um we're staying well out of this <laughs> Okay, okay, all right. Off onto the men's, onto the men's uh, double GS uh, over in Kranska Gora. Uh, we got quite lucky, I think, with the first race. The weather was really warm. It had rained through the day before. Thankfully, there was a clear night, so the snow surface in the first day was pretty decent. Not quite as good as the second day, but still pretty good. Uh, and uh, Odomat absolutely smashing it left, right, and centre. Uh, took the win on the first day by 0.23 of a second in front of Alexi Pantro, Marcel's favourite. Uh, and then in third place, Christofferson, 0.37 off. Brensteiner, fourth, 0.72 off. Uh, Kranich was uh, fifth, having let, been on the podium positions in the first run over a second off the pace. Uh, those three were absolutely head and shoulders above the rest on day one and day two. Uh, Marcel, mate, Mr. GS, what do you think of it? I thought, I, I love Kranzkogora. I really do. I think it's a it's a great hill. It's always a spectacle. They've got they a really heard, good show, don't they? Yeah, they do. And also, I think the, the, the slope was in pretty good condition. I mean, it yep. was a bit soft on the second round, but I think it was it was a very good race. And we were not, you know, always lucky this year with good races. And I thought this was... This was always good. This is good. And also, nice weather. They always have nice weather. They're so lucky down there. I don't know what they're doing, but they're lucky. But I think the racing, I mean, it's actually just crazy. I don't know how Odoma is that quick all the time. I mean, he does make mistakes and stuff as well. Uh, do you know what? But... I think he made more mistakes in the last couple of days than he has all season long. Uh, and yeah. ominously for everybody else, still won. Uh, I, I just think... I mean... I, I do feel bad for Christofferson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I spoke about it on commentary today. Christofferson at the top of his game has had to fight Hirscher at the top of his game, Ligeti at the top of his game. Uh, who else? He's had to fight, obviously, Odom at the top of his game, and there's somebody else. Who am I missing? Who am I missing that's a Pantero at the top of his game? So he's had to fight four different ridiculously quick men over his career just the guy and he's still got 80 podiums which is you know he's i know i looked it i looked into his stats actually and he came i think he's 30 second so 30 times second place which is really that's almost yeah. that's almost wendy holdner territory isn't it? it it really is like can you imagine he would be at 60 world cup wins well, would could should right it doesn't matter but i think he was he's not he wasn't always the luckiest he could and I say it again, could be one of the best ski races, which he is. I mean, he still has mm -hmm. 30 wins, but he could have had a lot more if with a bit more luck, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit like the, the sort of uh, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, sort of Murray sort of period of tennis, isn't it? Where you've got all of those ridiculously immense people all happening to be uh, on the planet at the same time doing the same thing, which is just nuts. Uh, we talked about it in commentary again that um, Odomat seems to have just a ridiculously accurate ability of reading sort of how the mistakes are costing him time-wise. If when he needs to charge, you know, makes a bit of a mistake and realizes that he's that he that mistake has cost him time. It just seems like he's almost like got a clock. Like in his head, and he figured he knows. No, this is this is something I was actually thinking about a lot, a lot. Okay, this is my theory. He's I got think. A, he's got timing. He's got timing in his goggles. 
Nope. I think he has... Not, that's not him. It's a joke. In general, I think if you would ski with, you know, some earphones in and someone would tell you the intermediates, that would be really helpful. Ridiculously distracting. How hard is it ski racing? Like you don't. Yeah, even, but like, I mean, you never I hear anything would... going on by the side of you anyway. Yeah, but like, Actually, do you know what? Would... I, I know that. Uh, there's, sorry, Marcel. There's a uh, ski cross woman, uh, a, a lady, a Swiss racer called Fanny Smith, and she used to. I don't know if she still does. She used to race ski cross with an earpiece in to her coach, so that a coach could uh, give her insights into people trying to overtake her. But see, this is it's illegal, right? In skiing, this is ski alpine skiing, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, but you can't have is, any this was ski cross, mate. Don't don't shoot me. Oh, don't work for no. me. No, I know, I know, but <laughs> I think that would be really helpful. Maybe someone is doing that. I think I need to do a bit more digging on that theory. Uh, I like hungover Marcel coming out with these ridiculous, uh, <laughs> ridiculous theories. Yeah. What's your coach been saying while you're on the way down? Go faster, uh... less <laughs> more awesome. My coach would just say, oh, I'll just retire right now. <laughs> Which I did. We've... <laughs> Go on, ben. Imagine the, uh, we've already started the van. We're leaving without you. Like, <laughs> yeah. your, your splits are so bad. We're off. Tactical. Uh, let's do a tactical <laughs> one. Come on. Tactical dinner. You need to go home. Late for dinner. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know about that, that time, but I agree with you, Ed, in terms of he does seem to know how much his mistakes are costing him. Um, see? See? Yeah, but that's not not through a, a, a little voice in his head. Well, it is through a voice in his head rather than a voice in his ear. But it was it was incredible skiing. But I think again we'll, we'll get back onto course setting again. But there's obviously been the last few years the running theme has been Christopherson being mad at all the course setters setting slaloms and GS is way too straight and direct because it takes a lot of the kind of technical skiing out of it and it becomes more of a you know power game and those kind of things which obviously when he wasn't as confident with his equipment and wasn't skiing at his absolute best was a big thing for him to moan about whereas now he seems to be full of confidence and have those dialed in okay yeah he still didn't beat Odomat but a couple of years ago if the course had been that straight he would have just been throwing a strop and he probably wouldn't have been on the podium so like we talked about with the women at the end of the day you can set whatever course you want but the 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 absolute best skiers will still bring their best to the to the table um and i think when we get on to talking about the second day i think it was something absolutely ridiculous like the first run times were like seven seconds different between uh saturday and sunday on on that hill which is um, a between two days well yeah yeah i know that that's i know the first and the second run on the second day were about Three, it was, it was three five seconds. It's five seconds difference. But you, but one, so that's, good, one, that's good. That variety is good. Yeah. I like it. But one thing about Christofferson and, and the Van Der skis is like I still feel like when it's straighter, they're better. As in, like the skis working better when it's straighter. I think they're still quite hard to ski on when it's. I think that, I, I think they are um, unforgiving. I think the yeah, minute you get out of the best position, they have the tendency to bite you in the ass and re- and sort of make you um make mistakes whereas when you're right Marcel because I think when they're on fire those when you're on, in the I right mean, the second run today was amazing I mean that was that was as good as it gets from him yeah but I think it's a second quicker but still wasn't enough uh, let's keep talking about the first race though quickly um bring it back Kranich unfortunately for him still Still no podium on home snow, which is a real shame. Oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, still no podium, which is, yeah, like I say, a bit of a shame. He had an opportunity. Uh, I don't want to say choked because I think that's too harsh, but he just didn't He didn't fire on all cylinders on the second run. Uh, but also we've got to talk about Pantero, really. Um, is do, do you think he's back? What do you think uh, has been the difference today? Is it just going back to a hill that he's got great memories on and, and you know, is openly talking about how much he likes it? Um, or is it just the fact that it's coming towards the end of the season? He's got nothing to lose, so he just went hell for leather. I think and he likes it. He's right. always good at Kranzkogora, I think. No, I think he's always good in Kranzkogora. His skiing has definitely looked a lot better, I think. He was he's very much he was very much on his heels and very low with his like you know with his body um over the whole season and I think that's really restricting him. And this time he was like a lot more up not upright, but a lot, you know, more taller open. Hip. 
taller hip. Taller hip, and then he's like moving forward way better. Instead of like moving down, he's moving forward. So he like obviously you know takes the whole energy into the next turn, which he's not done over the season. And I think that massively helped. He looked he looked a lot better. Really did. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I, I definitely enjoyed seeing some some of the best not the best skiing that he's done but some of the best skiing that he's done certainly for a long time i was quite pleased uh well, it can only be him. helpful i guess you know I've, i mean if it's only automat and, and yeah, at least it wasn't just a two horse race it was sort of exactly. a three horse race wasn't it uh ben yeah. what about you mate what do you think of it i know you like the french i mean a bit. Weird, weird. Weird, 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 weird comment. I like Tessa, uh, and I love, and I love, and I love, right, love JB Grant until he retired. Um, no, Pan- what about Lisa? Uh, he was he was great, just another, just basically all the old old boys on tour, old boys and girls <laughs> on tour. They're doing on some a lot of time for those Clare, Clare as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. basically, right. if you're French and nearing 40, you're in there. Um, but <laughs> in the good books. <laughs> but no, you're, you're right. That's the, easily the best gear we've seen from Pantro this season, kind of world champs excluding, obviously, skiing in, in what was effectively a home race um, uh, in those in those Super Gs kind of helped him. Um, but brilliant um, skiing from him. Like Marcel said, it is a place he's, he's dominated before and that can only ever help you, even if you're not on the best form, going somewhere where you know you've skied your best always helps um and you know we've we talked about crunch or every season on on the pod it's a place that you you have to ski well to to be in the mix there you can't get away with making mistakes because if you make them on the steep you're probably going to end up over and if you make them on the flat you're going to end up stopping so it's one of those places you really have to be a, a you know a really good skier to come out on top and we've you know said for years pantro is absolutely incredible skier um one thing that was a bit on the um, sad side uh, or depressing side was um, what happened to uh, is it Stefan Lutz, who had the uh, coursework oh, to get yeah. in the way of his first run, sent back up for a rerun and then the straddled and, and tore his knee out on the second run. Is he definitely tore, is he definitely tore it? The thing I saw on social media it's, said he wasn't quite sure they were going for more scans, but he was going to have a quiet he, he, think about his did, career, basically. He didn't, yeah, he didn't race Sunday because it didn't feel right. And he said he was going home to get it looked at properly. But just for that to be the end, to, probably, of your season. Um, career. Because, yeah, well, he was already not, he was starting 32. He wasn't going to make World Cup finals um, uh, without an incredible result. So it was just such a shame. You know, we, we had some um, issues with, with kind of course workers in the course the last, the last few weeks and obviously they need to be there they've got they've got a job to do but it's just one of those things you sometimes you think it happens so often in terms of the you know there are so many people on the course in between races at all times yeah trying you, their you, hardest you, to make it you, fair just, you, for, yeah. you forget because they make it work like clockwork 90% of the time or 98% of the time that yeah. you know the time when it ends up in something like this you you notice it a lot more, but it's such a such a shame. It's been a while since we've seen kind of World Cup people getting sent back up on the lift for reruns and stuff. Yeah, it's been it's a, a while since I've seen a, that happen. Yeah, shame, and it took a shame. It's such a slow turnaround there because it, it was like twenty people or something that was the difference between him going back round to do his run. I know that he can slot in when he wants, and he was, would have been up there earlier, so he would have wanted to make sure that he was sort of back in terms of like good resting heart rate. The skis would have wanted to be back on sort of top Nick. So there would have been a bit of time to do that. But yeah, it's quite a long turnaround. Yeah, real shame. Yeah, good point. Well made, Benjamin. Uh, On to the second race, though. Marco Odomat yet again walking away with another victory in Giant Star on the World Cup Tour in front of Christofferson this time, three tenths back. Pantaro uh, swapped second for third on the second day, seven tenths back. Kranich. Uh, a fourth position to go with his fifth in the day before. Bratton fifth uh, and Della Vite of Italy in sixth, which is definitely thought uh, deserved a mention. Um, much the same as I think what we talked about in the first race. We probably don't have to go t- into crazy detail with it, but I think uh, great. I, I really enjoyed the, the sort of toing and froing that we saw from the interviews with Odomat and Christofferson, both talking about the sets, the first course run, very, very turny. And uh, Odomat then, uh, his coach is set in the second run where it was a bit straighter. And then Christofferson was asked, uh, did he think, you know, did he like the fact that it was, you know, set a bit straighter this time? And it's just a nice bit of toing and throwing, good use of like the course setting uh, skills as well. Uh, ben, second race, what do you think? 
like you said, kind of much the same. Obviously, that first run having a lot more turns and it made it a lot more challenging than than anything we saw the the day before. Um, but like you said, the the pace and the conditions held up really well, so it was a a, fa- a, a fair race. And you know, like you said, you know, Odomat can go fast when it's turny, and Christopherson can go pretty fast when it's straight. So you know, it's it's you do get to see them both do both their weaker and stronger suit in the same day. Yeah. Um, and and it and it worked perfectly for for both of them. They both skied absolutely brilliantly. And like you said on, about the, just the weekend in general, I wasn't sure on that second run if Odomat was going to do it. It looked like he was bleeding too much time. There was so more, so many more mistakes than we're used to seeing from him. And I think at one point the the, the kind of split went negative, and you were like, "Oh, is he actually going to not win a race?" And then he just absolutely blazed the bottom <laughs> section and went, "Of course I'm going to win." It's like, oh, maybe um, I should try a bit harder here. <laughs> Yeah, that little that little clock started going. His head saying, "By the way, you're down on that split. You're going to need yeah. to uh, <laughs> put a shift in on this bottom section." Um, but yeah, I think those two just, although Pantro was in in the mix again, so you know, same same three on the podium each each day. Just they they did today. Just seen that little step above the rest of the competition. Uh, Kranjac again. That's the kind of consistency we're used to seeing from him. Kind of like j- either podium or just off. Um, from from the last few years, kind of GS form. So it's good to see him back there. Obviously, home snow probably helps on the on a piece. He probably knows at like the back of his hand. But re- really enjoyable race. I, I really enjoyed it. And as well, I mean, Bratton finally looking a bit like more like he's getting the the, the juice back in after after his kind of uh, late season surgery. But yeah, I I like Marcel said earlier. I absolutely love watching racing there because it's always. The absolute best skiing you can get at, at, at Grand Chivora. A couple of points, Marcel. Unless you've got something to add to to the second race. No, I think I think. I mean, I'm. You agree? Autumn. Good. I would uh, say I, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, my, I've got a question for you. Uh, Pantero. Pantero was asked uh, in the, I think it was the first, before the first run, he was asked about uh, racing, you know, does it help him racing two times on the same hill day, you know, consecutive days, Um, which he didn't, he didn't actually answer that part of the question. He actually talked about how he didn't like the fact that it was back to back days because it sort of takes away from uh, the sort of the theatre and the sort of individuality of, of, that particular race on that particular day um what are your thoughts on that did you like doing doubles do you get what he means uh and I, um, yeah i think i think if you but it's it's tricky obviously to you know organize a world cup race so it's tricky as it is i think if they have to do two races just suck it up but it's a good I hill that. though i feel like that's a bit of a shame that, that no it is but the thing is like it's probably easier to find a slalom hill somewhere than you know setting up a gs and if they don't have enough race tracks or courses, I guess they have to do those double headers, which is not ideal. And I think the second race it makes it obviously a lot easier for the second race because you know exactly, and you could you can kind of see that like you can it see better skill set out, doesn't it? No, but you can. I think you can see better skiing on the second day when people have been skiing down the hill. Yeah, once got in or twice. tune with the hill, got in tune with the snow. Yeah. Like I think the skiing today was better than the skiing yesterday. Both were great, but if you look at like you know the, the, the fine details, I think today was definitely better than yesterday. I agree. Good. <laughs> um, what was what was good to see that we haven't seen much of this year at all was uh, Luca Dialli Brandini coming back to a little bit of form. Uh, I think they, he had a fairly, season, really. fa- fairly good result both days. He was eighth today and tenth yesterday. Um, he's, you know, had a bit of a shocker the last all, all season. He's, um, he's tapped into those Salamons, hasn't he? Like his girlfriend. Someone had to at some point. <laughs> um, they've been pretty poor on them. Between him, Fevrer and um, Gizin, none of them have been able to make them work until until now. So, um, fair, play, fair play to Ali Pandini for finding that and again similarly it might be one of those things when you've got that hill that demands the absolute best you know when you can rise to that kind of occasion obviously as a I think it was a uh, world champion or silver silver medalist in the world champs you know he's got it in him um so yeah great great to see him kind of looking a bit more like his former self and I think like we said before if you can go into 
you know, either World Cup finals if he's qualified or into the summer off the back of some decent skiing. Whereas if your season tails off and you end off the season, you know, even not making second runs when you want to be on podiums or out yeah. the towards the back end of the the, the 20s, you know, it, it takes a lot to motivate yourself to put the work in, especially if you're not quite sure where it's all going wrong. Some people, like you talked about Leansburg, there's, there's people who just like, what on earth is happening? That's going to be a, a lot of soul searching come, you know, off season time about how, how do we fix this? Um, leads us quite nicely onto the list of men that failed to qualify for World Cup finals in giant slalom. Uh, no Mauricio, no Fever, no Nesfal Haugen, no Sam Mays, which I thought he might have just done enough this weekend to get himself in. Yeah. I think he was 27. Uh, Marcel, you, you've got obviously a bit of an affiliation to the, the global boys. Uh, they were really well. I mean, they had five five people in the second run. This yeah, nuts. So really second cool. Best, second best nation, if you want to call it that way. And he That's set the amazing. first run as well, didn't he? He set that really turny course, uh, old Did... Epstein. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's, yeah, I mean, I think it's well deserved. I love Paul. He's he's great guy, great coach, and you know, like he it really shows that he has a he has a very different approach to people. I think he's very like. You know, Go on, t- tell us a bit about. I mean, without no, I think he's, waffling on for I, hours, but what, what's he like? I've never met me. But I think he's just he's not just good with the actual you know technique about ski racing he knows his things really well but he also knows how to deal with people he's just a very you know he's a nice a nice person which you don't see that often quite frankly um so i think i'm super happy for him and i'm actually i actually sent him a message a couple weeks back and yeah i think he's obviously super you know super excited i mean five people in there from your team and some of them like from Belgium and from like Denmark and wherever. Like it's mm. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's like, really cool. And you know, those guys they, they've been knocked off the national team and he takes them over and you know shows that he can actually that they are actually good racers. And I think that's something that not many people can do because you know, in the national it, teams, you know, giving them a like, bit more belief, maybe is that is that something yeah, really like good I think he, he the, definitely, he's definitely good up. at that. But also, you know, in national teams usually they look after like one or two people because they, you know, they're the coach. Like they want to get to fame. They want to be famous. Paul is not that like that at all. He just, you know, he wants to get the best out of everyone, and he really deserves all the credit because he's he's amazing. Really enjoyed training with him. Um, just quickly, a uh, little note on Raposo. Obviously, come into into this GS with high hopes off the back of last year's uh, point scoring performances uh, that first race got really badly compressed there uh, got a nasty bit of shin bang said he was struggling to walk between runs and obviously didn't quite have the the time to sort of fix himself up and get himself back in the groove uh, and his season's uh, now done um wh- what do you make of it marcel you, you probably start us off with that one what, what do you think about i think he'd had a pretty, gonna bad play out? pretty bad season this year he's not he's not consistent um his fist points will be even higher next year, which makes it even harder. I think, you know, he needs to think about what he's going to do during the summer. He probably has to go somewhere to, I don't know, New Zealand or wherever to get better fist points. But he really has to, you know, dig deep now because this season was was not good. Really not good. Well, yeah, World Cup. I mean, he did, he was 17th in World, in world Champs. So not... Yeah, but like in the end, you know. It, but whole, after the whole season of planning, of, of, of aiming and shooting for World Cup, points yeah while, while it's great to be seven and you know while it's great to be 17th at the world championships i don't want to take anything away here but it's not you know it doesn't it's, it's not what it's, it's about a, no it's it's a good result but it doesn't do anything because at the world championships you either be you either compete for medals or you're like an outsider who makes it into top 15 and picks up some world cup points or world cup ranking points those are the only two things that count for people who want to win or for people who want to be on a podium or for people who, you know, need some World Cup points it's it, because they're less people. So there's a higher chance for you to get that. Yeah. And he didn't manage to do that, unfortunately. Um, it was good. The second round was great there. But I think in general, the season, I looked it up. I think he was 11, didn't finish, didn't qualify. And then I think seven, seven results. And, and they're unfortunately not as good as they should have been. Yeah, I think it's... I think I think it's tough. Yeah, not not the greatest season. I think um, 
uh, we spoke about it in commentary. You, you, you're exactly right. The amount of times that people get in to second runs from those sorts of bibs uh, is once in a blue moon territory. I know we had a couple in Kranskagora today. We had somebody in 50-something, didn't we, the second day, uh, getting in the second run. But all in all, it happens so rarely. And as we've said, that we've had a lot of warmer snow conditions to deal with and warmer snow conditions, higher bib numbers, that is not a recipe for success. So definitely something to focus in on. Uh, and, but also I think it makes it a bit clearer, maybe. I think off the back of last season for Raposo with those two results right at the end of the season, you know, it sort of set you on a trajectory for World Cup points. I think when you've, like you say, Marcel, when you've not necessarily, well, you haven't hit those goals, I think it makes it a little bit clearer of the pathway that you need to take to get back to World Cup points because it, I think it proves that that method of shooting for top 30s from fifth from start number 50s uh it, it isn't the way that you go about it really because it just doesn't it doesn't happen often enough uh ben anything to add on gs before we uh keep going do you reckon odomat could win every race in the season next year <laughs> yes <laughs> even slalom races no, just all GSs. Can you talk about GSs? Oh, yeah, just, absolutely. Just like every, every, I mean, he, he wasn't far off it this year. He didn't start one of the races because he, he had this bad knee. Yeah, po- podium um, on every race apart from the one where he didn't race because of, yeah, because of his knee. It just that, that's Hirscher. That's Hirscher territory. That is, that is, that is nuts. Although Christofferson, unfortunately for him, had a couple of blips, didn't he? I think he was fourth and no, fifth and sixth the two times that he missed the podium so far. Um, just quickly on the ski racing podcast. Uh, predictions league haven't got the stats through just yet because we we've smashed into this pod quite quickly because obviously world cup finals are starting but gareth uh, harvey has messaged in and given us some some interesting stats uh only three oh how many oh yeah okay how many people do you think picked vlahova for victory in slalom out of I don't know, about 100 people 100 people of, of entering the in, entering the league the whole one. Three people have picked her. I was going to say, have we got a percentage? Can Gareth give us a percentage of how many people picked double Schiffer and double Odomat? Because I reckon well, it'll be in the high nineties. Yeah, yeah, well, if you give me a second, I'll get there. Uh, so, <laughs> Schiffer dominated the picks. Seventy percent of people opted for her in the GS. What's the percentage of people that picked her in the slalom, Marcel? A hundred percent. No. Not- not the three people that picked Blahova, but pretty close to it. A hundred percent of the rest, so ninety-seven percent. No, eighty-four uh, percent. Ben, how many people picked Odomat? All of them, literally all of them, apart from me. Picking, <laughs> I think you did. You pick Chris <laughs> No, I picked. I picked one, one Odomat, one Kranich. Uh, 84% of people picked uh, Odomat in the in the second race, 72 in the first. Only one person picked Pantero. Uh, five people picked Christofferson across both races. In the slalom, the only picks were Schifrin, Holdner, Dirt and Vlahova. Uh, and in the GS, a few more. Males races, uh, Schwarz, Braten, Kranich, Feller, Mayar, they all got picked, so not quite as cut and dry. Um, fella didn't have a good fella did not have a good day no he's, he's supposedly tweaked his back as well so he's i think he is definitely somebody that's going to look to just go make some more pop songs over the summer holidays and relax a little <laughs> bit play with his kids and then uh, come back to racing a little bit rejuvenated because it, it's been a tough second half not it ben is it's the it's the uh, fella of old isn't it the, the fella we used to talk about when we first started the pod the guy that couldn't finish two runs uh, and seemingly <laughs> might have returned I did notice you on commentary today with, with, with Nick saying, oh, he's probably just looking for a finish to get some solid points in. And then you just burst out laughing because he nearly fell over on the next <laughs> gate because um, he was going dead straight. And we were like, no. That, he had, that, he had absolutely that, zero that, intention of anything other than coming out or, or absolutely smashing it and winning uh, about six seconds. Yeah, that fella of last season and the start of this year of being really consistent podium in most races and, and looking like he was never going to ski out. It's long gone. We're back to old school Manny of just all or nothing every run. 
Uh, okay, we're going to move on because we've, we've, again, as we have been over the last couple of races, I think we've realised it's coming to the end. So, other, you know, we need to get our chat in now, otherwise, before people just uh, forget about us. Um, but uh, it is the World Cup finals coming up this weekend. Uh, quite a lot of the Globes are already decided. On the women's side of things, obviously, the overall title has already gone to Michaela Schifrin. If you didn't know that, uh, I switch off. Switch off. Thank you. Pointing it up. Yeah, uh, Schifrin took the overall globe. Goggia took the downhill globe. Schifrin has wrapped up GS and slalom globes. The only globe on offer for the women going into the final round is the Super G. And it's between Cortoni, Goot, uh, Huta, uh, Movinkel, and Brianoni. Brianoni's the, the sort of most outsider, and she's 34 points behind Cortoni. So an absolute nail biter uh, and lovely to see that it's going right down to the wire on the men's side overall obviously has been wrapped up by a certain mr marco odomat uh, kilda wrapped up the downhill title odomat has done the super g and the gs surprise surprise uh, and but the slalom is still up for grabs with branton christopherson yule and technically zenhuizen zenhuizen's 99 points behind but uh christopherson's 32 points back and yule is 65 points back so uh that is the only globe on the men's side that is up for grabs uh briefly gentlemen uh overall the the titles thoughts about going into the last race who's going to pick up those two remaining uh, globes that are on offer Ben. <laughs> I was about to say which one of us is getting first. Um, so that men's slalom one's going to be uh, crazy. Um, you'd say, obviously, with the lead he's got, Brahms probably the most likely to pick it up. Um, but as we've seen, people have an uncanny ability in slalom to just ski out at any given moment. So um, I feel the effort Christopherson's put in this year on a brand new brand of skis that no one's ever used before. I feel if he could, if he could pull off that and get a uh, the the slalom globe in the first season would be would be fitting for the the skiing he's put together um, across all disciplines. Obviously, it only will matter for the slalom, but I'd, I'd like to see him get it. I feel like his his work this year has deserved it. And then for that that women's super G, um, again another another kind of feel good story would be, would be Hooter with with the kind of issues she's had with head injuries and 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 stuff and I feel like the Austrians could could use the, the shot in the arm but Katoni's she's kind of flown under the radar this year hasn't she she's not she's not been picked too many times by anyone no. but she's been she's been up there all, all season so yeah I'd, I'd yeah I'd like to see Hooter win it but we'll, we'll I guess we'll have to wait and see Marcel anything to I add on, on those two guys Christophers and more weeks are gonna win yeah, I, I, I'm definitely in Christopherson camp. I think he's going to have the, he's got the history. It only takes one person to be between uh, Christopherson and Bratton for that one to go the right way. So it's technically in Bratton's hands, not in Christopherson's hands, but I, I do think that it's going to be Christopherson. Uh, and then I don't think Movenko, I think the form that she showed on home snow, just not quite at it. So I think that Cortoni uh, is going to get this one done, if I'm being honest. Uh, ben, what do you think? Go on, put your neck on the block for those two. This isn't a pick necessarily for the win, but who, you know, neck on the block for those two titles? I would say Christopherson um, and just to be different, Gibrami. Nice. Cool. Um, on to the World Cup finals. I think it makes sense. Uh, so last race is coming up of the season. They are over in Soldeo in Andorra. Uh, the racing starts on Wednesday. It is men's and women's downhill. Thursday, men's and women's Super G. Friday, uh, the big one, the mixed team parallel. It's the one that everybody's keeping their eyes on. Uh, and then Saturday and Sunday, bit parts, really. It is GS for men. Women are on slalom skis. And the Sunday, men's slalom and women's giant slalom. Um, it looks warm, FYI, over there. Saw some videos. Uh, it looks very, very warm. So I think salt is going to be key. Um, right. Let's rattle through these picks nice and quick. Uh, we will start with, we'll go day by day, downhill day. Uh, Marcel, pick for women, please. Um, gotcha. Um, y- Hooter for me. Um, who do I want? Uh, okay, Stu Hedge. Nice. Uh, men, Kilda. Sorry, boring, but Kilda for me. Kilda for me. No, actually, Odomat for me. I'll, I'll pick him. Okay, you do that. Nice one. <laughs> um, 
I'm getting confused with who's left. Um, I'll go Creekmire. He was he was looking good in the states. See if he can do something on some softs now. Uh, mixed team parallel. Do you know what? I don't even think we're going to bother with this one. Um, no, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think we. I don't think there's even a box. Actually, no. There is a box. Gareth will put a box in. Okay. Um, let's go with the Norwegians. Ben. USA. Marcel, Raposo, too slow. Switzerland, Switzerland. Okay, uh, women are racing GS on Saturday. GS. Wait, hold on, hold on, we didn't do Super Gs yet. Oh, do we miss those? Sorry, apologies. We did the women's downhill and then straight on to the teams. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Super G for the women. Go on then, Ben. I'm going to go Cooper Army. Marcel? More Winkler. Um, I think Cortoni's going to take the title, but I think Brianoni's going to win. So Brianoni for me. Uh, okay, women's GS. What about men's Super G? Oh, right, yeah. Keep, you, you run it, Marcel. <laughs> you run it. All right. Men's Super G, Ben. Odomat. Ed. Odomat. Nah, can't say that. I have to do another one. <laughs> <laughs> Who put this guy in charge? You uh, did. All right, Kilda. Kilda, fine. Kilda, perfect. Um, who, who else is this skiing super she these days? Um, I just go for Creep Mine, whatever. What about um, Pantero? No, no Pantero for you? It's too, it's too flat there. I've been there many times. It's not that, it's not the hardest hill. Um, okay, Slala, um, man, a woman's GS, Ed. Finally, we're, we're, yes, we're there. Uh, Grenier, just because, uh, yeah, gotta go Grenier for me. I'll I'll pick Schifrin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, okay okay yeah, Brignoni again I think. All right, men's yes, Ben. I'll I'll have a bag again, and if we come back to men's brilliant, it's quite tough, honestly. Uh, Christofferson for me then. Did you say order Martin Christofferson? Yeah. yeah. I go for Pintero. Why not? Oh, it's like nostalgic. All <laughs> right. Female slalom. Boom. Two more races to go. Who, who, are you, who are you asking? Come on. Don't do it properly, will you? Ed. Ed. Women's slalom. No, actually, I asked myself. You <laughs> <laughs> go. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going first. I'm going Schifrin. Gotta be. You can't go first. I just went last. I go first. So I just pick Schifrin. <laughs> <laughs> This is chaos. <laughs> See what happens, Ben. See what happens, mate. <laughs> um, so, Ed, you're having Schiffrin as well, you reckon? Yeah. You're both having a... I'll be, I'll be the different person and then I'll have Sandy Wendy. And then the men's slalom? Just to throw a massive spanner in the works. Um, uh, Noel. Ooh. Ed? Um, I'm going to say Christofferson. Oh... I say, I say Zenhausen. And with that, my friends, hear you next time. Well, I, I can't remember what you're like. You, you think of your own sign off. Go on, you can do it. And with that, lovely ski uh, racing podcast <laughs> listeners. This is on the spot. I need to. I'll write something and do it next time. You go, Ben. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what is it, Marcel? It's bollocks. That's enough for now. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Adios.